Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at ONTAP Irish. Today, we're going to be breaking down yet another Irish victory, the game that we talked about before to get us back to 500, start us fresh. We're 0 and 0 going into the last eight games of this season, and it's still an opportunity to go. And find a way to win ten games. It's not going to be easy, but I'm not going to write this. Uh, t- I'm not going to write this team off yet. First time this season, though, that we saw an offensive explosion like we saw out there on Saturday. Notre Dame finds a way to win this game. They they win forty five to thirty two on the road at North Carolina in a game that did not start well. First quarter really couldn't get any drives going, had a couple three and outs. The North Carolina defense, as I made very vocal in the pregame show and on Twitter during the game, is not a very good defense. And sure as shit, I was right. And whoever was chirping me in the comments was wrong because I was like, give it time. Like, we're going to be able to score a decent amount in this game. I didn't think that we were going to be able to score 45, but – that is what happens when the first three weeks of the season, the offense looks pedestrian and you have that level of playmakers on the offense. They find ways to make plays. Eventually you can't keep them down forever. Run through a couple of the interesting stats from this game. So drew pine, 24, 34, incredible completion percentage, only 10 incompletions on 34 pass attempts. He accounted for 289 yards through the air and three touchdowns, and then on the ground, he had six carries for 20 yards. Best game of his Notre Dame career, bar none. Don't even have to look at any of the other game logs or any of the other game film. Like, this was the Drew Pine game. I'm happy that he was able to come out and put this performance under his belt because this offense needs a leader, right? We haven't had great play from the quarterback position through three weeks, regardless of who was playing quarterback, whether it was Buckner or Pine. We needed, as a program, as a fan base, as the players in that locker room, all needed a performance from the quarterback like this. He's automatically my player of the game on offense. We, we won't even won't even get into anybody else before just giving Drew Pine player of the game because it meant more to have that performance come from our quarterback because we know we can run the football. We know our D line is going to play well. We know certain players are going to play well week in and week out. But the element of the unknown for this 2022 Notre Dame football team so far has been the quarterback position. And Drew Pine made us sleep a little bit easier on Saturday night and made us enjoy the rest of the games on Saturday night instead of turning off college football in disgust. Another candidate for just name the game after him too, Audric Estime. I've been very critical on Audric Estime all season. The usage of him hasn't been right, but they found a right way to use him, and boy, did he make North Carolina pay. He finishes the afternoon with 17 carries, 134 yards, and he runs with a different type of mean. Like His size, equipped with his style of run, is something that eventually will become a problem for colleges week in and week out. We just haven't blocked it up great for him. We haven't schemed it up great for him. And he hadn't had the great performances in the first three weeks. But like I said at the top of the show, these are all insanely athletic players. It was only a matter of time before they had breakout games like they did. And 
you also have to factor in, too, both other backs got over 50 yards. So Diggs had 10 carries for 50, and Chris Tyree had 15 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. And then in the air, Diggs accounted for 65 yards and a touchdown on three receptions. And Tyree had 24 yards on four receptions. So in total, like, you got like 300-plus yards from your backs. Not a math guy, but... 134 plus 84 is 214 plus 50 is 264. You add 24 from Tyree, that's 288. Yeah, over 300 yards because Diggs got 65 through the air. So about 350 total yards from the running back room alone. Absolute insanity. Something that I've said on this show is a problem that as a head coach, you absolutely love to have that type of problem where you can get 350 total yards from your running backs in one game. So absolutely love to see that. Michael Meyer was a staple in this game. Every single time I looked up, he was making a big play on third down or making a nice nice catch to, uh, to bail out Drew Pine. And for the first time this season during the broadcast, they really kind of showed him the respect that he's due as he is the number one tight end prospect on basically everybody's draft board for the upcoming season. Probably the, the best tight end prospect to come out of Notre Dame in the history, I'll say. Like, we don't know what he's going to do in the NFL, but in terms of strictly the prospect, Michael Meyer, the size, the intangibles, what he's done in college, all that highest upside of any tight end that's ever come out of Notre Dame and probably like at the end of the day, it could be highest, highest upside of any player that comes out of Notre Dame. I know that's way too early to say, but Michael Meyer is a special player and he's going to be a hard player to replace when he does end up hanging it up here for one final time at Notre Dame. On the defensive side of the ball, I had tampered expectations going into this game because like I said on the pregame show, this is an offense that's going to score points there. It's, it's just, a, it's a fact. Like they score like 30 points every week, regardless of the opponent. They are a quick high paced offense. They run plays quick. Like they have one of the highest tempos in all of college football. But one person that I said that we needed to keep an eye on going into this game. And it's someone that hurt us in last year's game as well was Josh Downs. And that did not happen early. Uh, Josh Downs had two quick touchdowns in the first half. And on the day, he finished with five catches for 32 yards. So it wasn't it wasn't long-term. Like, he killed us all game. But he put us in a hole early with those two touchdowns. I know the second one was to just tie the game up. The first one was the first touchdown of the game. But it took us a while to kind of get going in this game. So – to put into perspective just how great of a performance it was offensively, Notre Dame's first points did not come until 12.57 left in the second quarter. So, in essence, after being shut out in the first quarter, 7 to nothing, they outscored North Carolina 45-25 to 25 in those final three quarters, and scoring 45 points – in those final three quarters is absolutely insane for a team that going into this game had 66 points on the season in three games high on the season going into this was 24 points. So 
if all else, like, yeah, we won a football game. Yeah, we, we showed we could win a hostile game on the road against a team that is very athletic and very talented and was undefeated and on a roll. We have time to lick our wounds. We have time to get ready. We have a week off and we get an opportunity to play against a ranked opponent in BYU with, I wouldn't say a chance to get us back in the rankings right away, but with an opportunity to take another step forward towards getting ranked again. Because if you beat BYU, like, there's a very real opportunity you're going to you're probably going to beat Stanford and UNLV. So if you beat BYU, the real opportunity that I think could happen is we're sitting at this season looking at five and two. And after starting 0 and two, I don't hate that at all. I can live with that. That just means you need one more win to get bowl eligibility and the rest takes care of itself. But and I, I, I know it's sad just saying that, but this year's team, obviously not a college football playoff level team. Quarterback play is something that with Pine, like maybe we find out Pine is the guy that we want to go with next year based off of what we see towards the end of this season with him. We don't know. But if we see what we saw on Saturday with Drew Pine for the remainder of his career, even if it's not every week, I think it's going to be hard to put him on the bench for the rest of his time here, which I believe is only this season and next season. Defensively, I'd like to still see some things cleaned up in the secondary. It's young players back there for the most part. I know that this is a team that is predicated on the pass rush from the defensive side of the ball, and the pass rush usually gets home. They have quality players at all positions up there, the Adam Malola brothers, Foskey, uh, Howard Cross, seen stuff from all those guys. And then at the second level of the defense, like look at it, look at it like this, Jack Kaiser leads the day with nine tackles. Morris LaFowle had six on the day. And then if you get into the secondary, the leading tackler in the secondary for this game was Houston Griffith with four. And talk about getting into the backfield. Riley Mills, another guy on that defensive line that's making big strides. And I think that's the most important part about our defensive line is that it's not top heavy, right? If you look at it, Mills gets in there sometimes. Foskey gets in there sometimes. Cross has had a couple sacks here on the season. Like, it's never just the same guy getting that pressure. And I think that although for the majority of these players on this roster, they're Brian Kelly guys, I understand that. I hate giving Brian Kelly credit. But one thing that was always recruited well throughout his era as the head coach of Notre Dame was the defensive line. And a lot of players that have gone on to play in the NFL from the Notre Dame teams in the last 10 to 15 years and have had relatively good careers in the NFL. Think of guys like Justin Tuck. That might have been before Kelly. I'd have to go back and double check. But just as a team, Notre Dame, last 10 to 15 years, the two most notable positions that we've put into the NFL are defensive linemen, mostly defensive ends, and then tight ends. Those two positions have been our best positions for as long as I can remember. And we've always had good receivers too, but it never, like Golden Tate had a pretty good career. Will Fuller has had a good career when he can stay available, but if you're not available, you are no good to an NFL franchise. And I don't even know if he's signed to a team right now. 
I did see this past weekend Ben Skoranek pancake J.J. Watt and then catch the ball on the same play. So a little bit of Northwestern, a little bit of Notre Dame, but we'll claim we'll claim Benny. I mean, he was here for a year, and he was part of a team that went to the college football playoffs, so he's just as much of a Notre Dame player as he was Northwestern. But right now, the strength of this team going into the remainder of this season is the running game, play action passing game, the short to intermediate routes and the D line. And I think there is still room to grow and room to improve as a team. We can see better play from the secondary. We've started to see better play in certain spots. Obviously when you go up against a guy like Drake may, the way he puts the ball all around the field and then can hurt you with his legs too. That's one thing that they did not want to let happen in this past weekend's game was let Drake may affect them with his legs on the day, Drake May finished with 37 yards. So I'd say they did that their job in that aspect, but it was bombs over Baghdad in the passing game, 17 to 32, 301 yards and five tuggies. So not great. Definitely don't want to see your DBs get five touchdowns hung on them at any point during the season, but they have to continue to grow as a unit and get better and progress throughout the season because we still have quite a few tough games. If you take a look at the schedule the rest of the way out, so like I said, we have a bye week this upcoming week, and then that takes us into the 8th of October against BYU. The following week they play at home against Stanford. The week after that, again, at home against UNLV, probably I would say maybe the easiest game on our schedule. You go to Syracuse, Syracuse is undefeated. Like I said earlier in the season, Syracuse has looked good. So I think while the next two out of the next three games are for sure winnable games, BYU probably about 50-50. I can look real quick and see if they have like an FPI projection for that game. They don't even have it up, so it's way too early or a spread. We'll do a full episode to preview the BYU game next week. But after UNLV, it gets tougher a few weeks with Syracuse and Clemson. Then it gets a little bit easier in Navy and Boston College, two games that I have all intentions on winning of those two games as well. And then you go to USC. And right now, USC is number six in the nation. They survived a scare against Oregon State last week. They haven't looked like a college football playoff team. Right. But if the Pac-12 doesn't have anybody else in USC's 11 and 0 going into that game, we could have the potential to play spoiler, which if you're not able to get to the college football playoff, you want to be able to prevent someone else from going as well, especially a rival, especially at their home field. So I do like the way the schedule shapes up the first four weeks of the schedule. We probably should have been three and one. We'll take two and two with pretty winnable games for the rest of the way. But on offense, like I said earlier in the show, it has to be Drew Pine for my player of the game. And then on defense, I'm going to go with Riley Mills. Two sacks, right? Something that I saw last season, and I'm not an offensive line guru, but something that I saw when I went to this game last year was how weak the offensive line was for North Carolina. Doesn't seem like they got any better in that aspect. I think as a team, 
on defense, we had like three or four sacks total. So while you give up five touchdowns, you were also able to find many sacks in the backfield, many tackles for loss, and you were able to affect the game in different ways. And your offense was just able to find a, a little bit more on offense with 45 points. And hopefully that is the springboard to us not having to look at a team that, oh, wow. And I was way off in my prediction earlier for, or not my prediction, but my calculations on the amount of points that we scored uh, going into the North Carolina game. So 10, 21, 31, they had scored 55 points as a team in three total games. For some reason, I thought that 21 in the Ohio State game was us, but that was just an actual stinker. That's Ohio State with 21, and we had 10. And in three quarters against North Carolina, which is an awful, awful defense. So I won't read too much into it, but I am going to get fucking excited because we still scored 45 points in three quarters. And against BYU, I think that's going to be a little bit of a tighter game, probably more of the same score lines from the first three weeks, hopefully with us on the winning side of that. But I think being at home could play a factor. BYU has played in some tough games so far this year and just like a little mini preview. We won't get, we'll get into all the players who you need to know all that stuff, but they played a close one against Baylor, which was, which was a Friday night game. Nobody wanted to win that game. Nobody could make the final kick and eventually BYU walked it off, but they lost to Oregon last week or two weeks ago. Uh, 41 to 20. And then they came back and beat Wyoming 38 to 24. Game was a little bit closer than the score would imply, but they line up to play against us. And then the week after they play us, they play Arkansas. So they're probably looking at this game as a must win. Do I think they get it? Probably not, but we'll be back next week to break down the matchup against BYU, see kind of where we're at, if we have any uh, injuries or anything like that, get you guys prepared from all aspects. Hopefully get us back over 500 and we can stay there for the rest of the year because you don't want to take two steps forward and then another step back, right? Because you lose two, you win two. Let's keep the win streak going. Let's find a way to get to three and two. But enjoy the weekend off. Some of the other college football games, just to kind of get you guys prepared for the type of week that it is in college football, and we won't have Notre Dame to watch. I can get you guys a little viewing schedule for this weekend. So looking at some of the games, if you want to get an early scouting report on BYU, they play Thursday night at home against Utah State. And then some of just the other intriguing matchups or, or ranked matchups, you have Kentucky against Ole Miss. Uh, Kentucky travels to Ole Miss for that one. You have Alabama, Arkansas this week. You have Oklahoma State, Baylor, Wake Forest, Florida State. Uh, not not both teams ranked, but both teams three and one. A and M and Mississippi State. You got Clemson and NC State, and then opponent washing. If you would like to see uh, USC or Stanford, and you're still up that late at night. Stanford plays Oregon and USC plays Arizona State. So a couple of our future opponents down the stretch on this season. But the Irish find a way to win this one, 45 to 32. 
on the road in Chapel Hill. We found a way to prevent Mac Brown from doing his stupid dance in the locker room after the game, and we handed them their first loss of the season. It wasn't pretty early, but through the rest, throughout the second, third, and fourth quarter, the offense found the rhythm that we want them to have for the rest of the season. Defensively, got to clean some things up. The secondary simply has to be better. But you saw great things from the pass rush, and you saw great things from the second level of that defense in Jack Kaiser and Morris LaFowle. Got the weekend off. Enjoy some of those games that I mentioned. Enjoy some of the games that I didn't mention. College football is a crazy and great sport. I'm sad that we don't get any uh, Notre Dame football this weekend, but I think it's a perfect time in our season after the first four weeks to kind of reassess where we are, get better in practice, and prepare for a ranked opponent that's going to be coming to South Bend, and we want to take that ranking away and maybe sway it in our way and get back in the top 25 because – in no way, shape, or form are the first two weeks indicative of how this team will play for the rest of the season. We've already seen greater things in the last two weeks. So with that being said, enjoy the weekend off. We'll be back with you guys on Wednesday next week to discuss the BYU game as they will be traveling to us on the 8th of October. Like I said, we try to take that ranking away. But again, this was Irish on Tap. Presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. You can follow our main account at ONTAP Irish. We really do appreciate you for joining us today to recap the 45-32 to victory against North Carolina. Enjoy the bye week. Can't lose this week. Going to get better in practice. And we'll be back with you guys next week to preview the matchup against BYU. But we got nothing else for you guys. And go Irish.